Hi Church, so good to be here to be sharing with you the Word of God. You know, last week we learned that God gave us a special dignity among all the works of creation. When He created us in His divine image, we are spirit and soul with a body. It is our spirit that we have meaning and purpose in our life. And the Spirit enables us to love one another, ourselves and God. <clears throat> it is through our Spirit that we have communion and fellowship with God. Amen? God has made it possible for us all to connect and to hear from Him. But the question is, are you taking time to hear from Him? Before we start, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. This morning, we're going to ask the Lord to help us to pay close attention to His Word. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful that we can enter into Your presence. Your Word says that when we draw near to You, You will draw near to us. So Lord, this morning, we draw near to You to seek Your face, Your truth, and Your Word for our life. We want to know You more hear you more, and obey you more. Help us, Lord, this morning to focus and not to be easily distracted. We commit this time to your hand. May you bless the speaker. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Today we're going to talk about a topic on how to position ourselves to hear from God. I know it's probably an area that some of of us, <clears throat> some point of our lives struggle with. You wonder, how does God speak? How do I hear God's voice? How do I know if it is God speaking or it is just my imagination? And I just want to, you to walk away today with a knowledge that God does speak to us. And He does desire to speak but it's a learning process that we all have to go through. It's a growing process. And don't be discouraged by it. And we're going to learn that through the story of Samuel, that we see how we should position ourselves so that when God speaks, which He will, we will be able to hear and understand. Now, let's begin our learning today with this very important principle which i like every one of you to repeat after me wherever you are. I know you are not near me, but wherever you are, repeat after me. Say this, God is silent to those who do not listen. Let me say it again. God is silent to those who do not listen. Now look at this principle that is unfold for us today in the first Samuel chapter 3, and how a dull spiritual climate will shut off God's voice. First Samuel opened up talking about the man, Elkanah, who was married to Hannah. But Hannah is barren, so Hannah pleaded pleaded God for a child, and during her prayer, she encountered the priest Eli, who was less than comforting. She accused Hannah of being a drunkard, who she was in fact praying earnestly. Despite this initial encounter, Eli tell Hannah that her prayer will be answered. 
Hannah had her long-awaited child and did as she promised. She gave the child to the Lord. And the boy named Samuel remained with Eli at the holy place. And that is where chapter 3 begins. Adult spiritual climate shut out God's voice. That's my first point. And we're going to start from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. Let's read the passage. The boy Samuel. Here we begin now. He's still a boy. But we're actually going to see him grow, grow start growing. Right? The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The Lamb of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Now, just the opening verses of this tree, of this chapter, there are three sources of darkness that are emphasized here as to show that the sun is setting upon this part of Israel history. The sun is setting. There is darkness that is being repeated throughout this opening verses here. Number one, there is no vision from God. It is rare for the Lord to speak. Number two, there is a priest going blind. And number three, there is a diminishing lamb. It is showing us that the season of Eli leadership is coming to an end. His loss of physical eyesight is a reflection of his loss of spiritual eyesight for his leadership role in these days. It is said that the, the word of the Lord was rare, vision was rare. You see, God's revelation to his people was rare at that point of time. But the problem that we see unfold now is even though God was not revealing himself through his word, and through vision and revelation, is that the people of God do not care. They do not care that they did not hear from God. And this is an issue. How did Israel come to this state? You know, Israel had known strong leaders in Moses and Joshua. Then after settling in the land, the Israelites led by a series of judges who rise up in difficult times. But soon, you see, the people began to do what is right in their own eyes and they did not care about God. They did not hear from God and it did not bother them at all. The times are as dark as the night falls at the beginning of the story. The sin of Eli's son. To understand the sin of Eli, one must first understand the sin of his sons. The account of Eli's two wicked sons in 1 Samuel chapter 2 leaves us no doubt about their spiritual condition. The two sons were appointed Levite priests. They were Levite priests. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, have this to say about them. Worthless men, they did not know the Lord. Worthless men. 
You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 to 17, records how they violated the sacrificial procedures, yet they were serving as priests under Eli. They refused to take the portion assigned to the priests and insist on a potluck approach to the selection of their meat. You know, they seemed to find their portion of meat too bland and wanted to have a better portion. One can only imagine, you know, imagine yourself being the Israelites, can, you know, living that time, can imagine the negative impact to you and to every Israelites, you know, who make annual trek up to worship God at the tabernacle. And when they saw the priests who facilitate their worship in such a corrupted way, it may cause some Israelites to give up entirely their attempt to worship at the tabernacle. You know, in those days, there is no king in Israel, and each man does what is right in his own eyes, including the priests who are supposed to teach and judge Israel according to God's law. The Bible offers a summary evaluation on this. This sin of young men were very great in Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 17. As if this is not enough, they also commit immorality with the female attendants at the tabernacle. You know, the verse in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22 says that they, how they lay with women who assemble at the door of the tabernacle of meeting is supposed to be a place where God makes meet with the priests, where God's reveal His glory, but now it has become a place where Eli's son meet with women with whom they commit sexual immorality. Well, after sharing all this, you might be thinking, how is this relevant to me? Now, I'm not doing all this disgusting stuff that Eli's son does. But church, what I want to highlight today is not the action that they did, although it's terrible, but it is their attitude towards worship. What I want you to see, you know, Eli's son completely disregarded God in the tabernacle. They acted as if God cannot see what they are doing. They acted if God is not present at all. Or even worse, they couldn't be bothered about how God thinks. Church, may we never come to a place in our lives where we get to use to the fact that we become unaware of God's presence. My question is, what is my worship like this morning? Do I treat as if God is not looking, especially right now, you know, we, where we are worshipping at the comfort of our home. Do we treat as if, if God is not there? And we do not put on our Sunday best and think that, you know, playing with our handphone or sipping with our cup of coffee or some of you are doing some uh, other tasks, multitasking things is all right. But church, let's, let us all reflect our spiritual climate seriously. 
God is watching. You know, another part of this is that, the, you know, the word of the Lord from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, say, have this to say, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. The second part of worship is about our, the way we live our life, not just on Sunday, but every day. We are to offer our body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. My question is, are you living each day unaware of God's presence? The second thing that shut a dull spirit shut out God's voice is the neglect of Eli as a father. And Eli, on another hand, was non-ordinary man. He was a high priest and judge of the people of Israel. He was devolved towards God and strive to learn God's will and put them into practice. But he neglected something. He neglected his role as a father. Eli's son was appointed as priest, but they did not know the Lord intimately. Eli had failed to teach and show his son. As a priest of the Lord, Eli successfully supervised Samuel at the tabernacle, but was not as diligent as he could towards his own son. How do we know? The scripture tells us, the author tells us that Eli heard all the sons were doing all, doing to all Israel. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22, the verse tell us that it is not out of ignorance that Eli failed to act more decisively. He knows everything that they are doing, the sons are doing, and he also knows that they are doing it to all Israel. Their sins are not momentary lapses in character or conduct. Their sins are a habitual pattern of conduct, a lifestyle. You know, the sons are doing, you know, uh, uh, having this sinful pattern conduct and although he rebuked them to some degree he did not do everything he could to correct them 1st Samuel chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that he did not restrain them it was only a little rebuke a case of two little rebuke and one that comes too late today I'm not talking about parenting costs, but I want to highlight that parenting is a serious responsibility that carries grave consequences for neglecting responsibility. Although many activities and things may be worthy of our time and attention, we ought not to neglect our responsibility towards our family because of our devotion to other activities. The story of Eli and his children remind us of the serious responsibility as parents have to teach their children the principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the heartbreaking consequences that can result if parents neglect this sacred obligation. Are you with me? You know, see... So we see the dull spiritual climate of Israel at this point of history. 
what was happening there that gradually moved from relationship with God, a close relationship to God, to religion with God. Because you know, we realize that from the scripture, they are still they still did their offerings. They still went through their motions. They they still went to give their offering, their sacrifices. They went through all the motions of a worshiper. But it did not bother them. I say again, it did not bother them that they did not hear from the Lord. Well, church, it didn't bother them. It bothers me that it didn't bother them. They, they just went through each day and saying to themselves, okay, this is life, this is how it should be. They went through the motion even though God didn't speak to them. And even though God did not show up, it does not matter to them. As a result, the scripture tells us that the word of the Lord was rare and there was not many vision. Church, may we and our generation never get to this place. So, in the midst of all this darkness in this part of Israel, history, there is hope. And that's where we want to come to. So in 1 Samuel chapter 3, that we have just read, started with a dull spiritual climate. God is silent to those who do not listen. We're going to continue to look at the remaining passage. And the next principle that I want to share before we begin is that God will speak to those who do listen. Let me say it again, and I would like you to repeat after me wherever you are. God speaks to those who do listen. Amen? So realize that there have been nothing but silent darkness and neglect under Eli's rule during the first three verses of 1 Samuel chapter 3. The word of the Lord is rare, vision was rare, blindness, and the lamb was almost out. The, all these dark metaphors, then suddenly in verse 4, let us read the passage, this part, chapter Sorry, chapter 3, verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4 to 10. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now notice that he did not call Eli, God speak. And there is a break in the silence. A dawn of a new day is coming. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you call me? But Eli said, it is... I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lie down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got out and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, you call me? My son, Eli, say, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord have not yet been revealed to him. But I want to mention that this does not mean that Samuel is cruelest of God who God is. Rather, he didn't know how to discern God's voice yet. So the a third time, how many times? The third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got out and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then, that's where Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, 
speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The young boy Samuel was called by the Lord in the midst of a spiritual drought. God was not communicating to his people, but not because he didn't have anything to say, but rather because of the dull spiritual climate at the time. But now, a young and promising candidate rise up. Samuel, about 12 to 13 years old at that point of time, he was ministering with Eli. And God doesn't call Eli the high priest. God also didn't call Eli's son who were from the priestly line. You see, something to take note that throughout the Bible, you will notice that God doesn't always choose the expected ones. Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and David were unlikely choices. You see, Jesus called fishermen, laborers to serve as disciples instead of the priests and prophets of Jerusalem. Power and position in the church or community do not guarantee a similar place in God's world. Or even outsiders are given tasks in God's kingdom. So God called Samuel, the boy, why is it so? How did Samuel position himself to get breaks to sorry to, to get God break silent? How did Samuel position himself? The first position I want to mention is that Samuel was faithful. So Samuel in this unique setting in a culture that isn't pursuing God in a culture that have forgotten what God has commanded them to do. And he comes and he called Samuel. God called Samuel. And Samuel was set apart from birth for the service to the Lord. He started serving in the temple of God when he was very young. Under the supervision of Eli, Samuel faithfully served at the tabernacle. And Samus was also sleeping in the temple. It, it points out that he was probably sleeping there so that he could wake up early to attend to his duties. Unfortunately, Eli's own son did not submit to their father's supervision as Samuel did. So Samuel probably would have seen how Eli's son behaved and how they conducted the ceremony sacrifice service. Despite all this, Samuel did not allow the negative culture to influence him. What is the negative culture at that time? That's why I've spelled out just now, doing what is right in each man's own eyes. That's the kind of culture that Samuel is living in. But he did not conform himself to the culture. As part of the credit, got to, got to do with how the mother, Hannah, taught him indirectly. You know, 
we, we learn from the scripture that Hannah, the, the mother, did not sew clothes for Samuel. He sewed priestly garments for him, indirectly teaching Samuel about the dignity and the duties of a priest. This gives a contrast with how Eli taught his sons. Samuel, although he was living in that culture where the word of God was neglected, not value. You know, when I'm thinking about the current culture that we are living in our, day, in our time, instead of worshipping God, you know, we worship our idea of God's will. And rather than being in relationship with God, we want God to be a resource who is more like Siri than he is like a savior. But Samuel demonstrated faithfulness where he did not follow the culture but had one of his own where he continued to walk with God and grew in stature and in favor with God and man. When we ignore God's word, church, I want you to know that we cut ourselves from the primary source of truth about who God is and who God is. And as a result, we open ourselves up to false belief about God. And one of the most influential resources shaping our view of God is the world culture. Would you agree with me that we are living in time, current time, where we are drowning in information, drowning in opinion, drowning in agenda, drowning in projection? You know, I'm right about it. It's such a crazy time that we are living in. We, we, we don't know who we can trust anymore. You don't know why it's real. My question to you is, are we allowing the culture of the world to influence us? Or are we feeding on God's word regularly so that we will not let the negative culture pull us away from God? The influence of the culture on our view of God is extremely relevant to our lives. We need to ask ourselves an honest question this morning. Where does my view of God look more like? The world view or God's word? The second reason was Samuel was submissive. And I want to touch on availability later on. Samuel was submissive. Samuel did not at first recognize the voice as God, but he thought it was Eli's voice because he did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed to him. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, we learn about that. Well, we must not think that Samuel was then ignorant of the true God, but that he didn't know how to recognize the voice of God. And we really need people in our life who are older than us, who have been along this journey of faith. We need to respect them, the price that they have paid, and not just think that they, because they are not so tech-savvy, or because they don't have a lot of Instagram followers, they have nothing to teach us. Samuel grew up in the temple of God, 
although he knew who God is, but he knew nothing to God as a living person. He needed someone, guidance, to lead him to hear God's voice. And the first two times Samuel was called by God, he assumed that he was hearing the voice of Eli, his master. Even though Eli wasn't a perfect father, he was not a chronically bad priest. You know, we read that Eli eventually led Samuel to listen to God's voice. And Samuel submitted himself under Eli's leadership, obediently and not compromise the moral law of God. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down and if he calls you, speak. Say, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel submit, went and lie down in his place. Samuel follows Eli's instruction on how to hear God's voice. Question about submission is that who do you run to when, we, we, when you need guidance? Who do you submit to you to, to in your life right now? Now, I must say this, that having the right relationship with the right people is critical in our spiritual growth. Who are you running to? Who do you let your life be accountable for? You know what I want to mention to you is that trying to surround yourself in this season of your life with people that will bring out the godliness in you is important. People who love and serve God, people who are committed to grow in character, people who who, who do what is right, even when it is hard. People who will take bold steps in faith. So, who do I surround myself with? Very important. And this, uh, this contact, I know that there are certain people, when I, I, I get around them, I, I feel strengthened in my faith. Because they will let me know that I can be an overcomer. Uh, you know, I, I need them to speak into my life. I need them to encourage me. I need them to help me to see my blind spots. I, I need them to be brutally honest and tender compassion. I don't need people who will lay back passive people in this season of my life. I need people that will push me. Yes, I do. How about you? So, I got to be careful who I have allowed to speak in my life. Because whatever I make contact with, I catch and I see. I need the word of the Lord. I need vision. I need hope. I need purpose. And so Samuel ran to Eli. But Eli told him, it is God that you need to speak to. You see, the right contact in your life will always point you back to the only one who has the power, the real power, is God. And the real, real right person in your life will point you to the right direction. So it is important to put ourselves in this position of submission to the right contact so that they will guide and teach us to hear God's voice. Amen? Second position submission. Third, Samuel was teachable. The third position 
It's a teachable spirit. The third time, from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 8 to 9, says, The third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. It was the third call. How many times? Third call that Eli realized that it was Lord's calling Samuel. After sending Samuel back twice, now he was speaking Samuel, asking Samuel to go back, lie down, and wait. But this time, respond correctly. Samuel's response is complete, passionate, and beautiful. He runs to the one that he thinks is calling him, which is Eli. And to be honest, if I'm Samuel, by the third time, if I went to somebody and woke him up the third time and say, Brother, you call me. And the person if look at me with a weird face and say, I did not call you. Are you okay or not? You know, if this is the third time, I would, I would say to myself, cool, this is it, this is it. If it happened again, I'm not going to respond. I'm going to just sleep through. Will you do that? But that's not Samuel. Samuel listened and he responded every time. Samuel did not complain or grumble or pretend to be sleeping. You see, Samuel was teachable and there's a spirit that we all need to have. Having a teachable attitude requires what? Humility. Humility. One which is open, who is open to instruction and to the teaching of God's word. It also often means that, that when we come into the position of humility, it also means admitting that you were wrong. You know, when your Eli keeps you accountable. It means lying down your pride, laying down your pride, sorry, and admitting that you don't know all the answer. You need someone to come alongside to you. You know, many times we think that we know better, we know more than our mentor. A teachable attitude is important. And a teachable attitude is difficult because it forces us to admit that we aren't perfect and we still have a load to be learning. Amen? Although Eli was far from a perfect father or mentor figure, he was a faithful priest. He still had that big of credibility to teach and guide Samuel. And, I'm, and I am incredibly thankful for all the mentors in my life that God has placed. Through the years, those mentors who have called me out on the wrong behavior or attitude that I refuse to recognize in myself, who taught and guide me and directed me. I'm thankful and I'm grateful to all these men. How teachable am I towards my parents, mentor, pastor, boss, generally the people God placed in authority over you? What is your attitude towards them?
Samuel was not just teachable. Samuel was available. And that's the last point, the most important point that I want to point out. How to position ourselves to hear from God. It is to be available. To be available. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 9 tells us that when Eli told Samuel, go and lie down and if he calls you, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. So what did Samuel do? Samuel went and lie down in his place. He did not stood there. He went back to the place, to his place, in his place. You know, you realize that God's purpose will get in your place. Because if God is dropping off meal for you, if you're not at home, you wouldn't get it. If you're thinking that he didn't send it, you'll be thinking he didn't speak. But the principle is here. It is not when God will speak, but it is when will you get in your place and say, God, I'm here. The real me, the honest me, the ready me, the humble me, the broken down me. The me that is ready to do your will. Because I've done my will and I saw how that worked out. And I'm ready to do your will. That's what Isaiah say in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5 and 8. He say, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips. But you will take the coal and touch my lips. I will speak for you, Lord, because holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So here I am. I will go. Moses in chapter Exodus chapter 3 stood at a bush. He turned aside, took off his shoes and said, God, I'm slow of speech. I'm not adequate. But you saw the things I did that put me in this place. But if you are calling, here I am, Lord. Jeremiah, in chapter 26, verse 14, Jeremiah said, I'm too young for this, but, and your people are stubborn, and you know they are not going to listen. But if it is your calling, me, here I am. When Samuel says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, it creates access not only for God's work to come to him, but God's work to come through him. It's a position of being available. The word available means to be suitable and ready for use. Amen? Church, every one of you who is listening, are you available to the new things God is doing? Are you available to the new people and places and situations God is sending you each day? Are you available to the new opportunity to share the love of our Savior with others in, a, in, in unlimited ways? Sometimes we think that being available means that I need to make sacrifices. You know, to mature Christian. Being available for serving are not sacrifices. After all, we, after we consider all that God has done for us, the things that God has blessed us, it is no longer a sacrifice, but it's really an opportunity to sow. To sow. Sacrifice means that you give something and it goes away. 
that's sacrifice. So, so means that you give something and it gets bigger. You know, it's like a seed that's being sown to the ground. Amen? And we see that in Abraham's example, let me bring you to Abraham's example. When God called Abraham the father of faith, it took about two decades for Abraham to, to be given a son named Isaac, the child of the promise. And God did something supernaturally at the appointed time. And then God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. But when Abraham ascended the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, God got, got, got Abraham's attention by re redirecting him to a ram on the bush. And at that moment, Abraham was probably confused about what God wanted him to do. But what we really see in this pattern of God is this. Listen. You see, He never called us to sacrifice anything because anything that we give to Him is not considered a sacrifice, but it is an opportunity to sow. And for Abraham's example, it was an opportunity for him to sow, sow into God's abundant blessing for Abraham and his descendants. Amen? Therefore, what should be our response be, church? Rather than always asking God to do something for you, we need to begin to tell God this, God, I am here. I want to do something for you. I want to be available. Amen? In conclusion, church, you see, the passage that we read today did not just end with God speaking to Samuel. The story continued to talk about God spoke to Samuel as he had Samuel to deliver a very difficult message to Eli, which is Eli's punishment. Though it was a very difficult task, Samuel faithfully delivered the message to Eli. And we learned that from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 18. The sermon today is to teach us to position ourselves to hear from God. And that's not the end, church. We must recognize why do we want to hear from God? Is it just to hear the answer that we will be waiting for God to answer? Why? We must recognize that it is more than that. We are to position ourselves to begin to hear from God. Yes, but when God speaks, are we ready to respond and to be available? That is more important. When was the last time that you tell God that you want to do something for Him? Many times we always ask God to do something for us. Perhaps we must begin today you know, to recognize more often than not we have this mentality, this consumer-based mentality. What is this consumer-based mentality? We often come to receive than to bless. When the church dwells in such mentality, church, the world will starve. The world will starve for truth. The world will starve for hope. So will you be available to be the one to fulfill God's purpose? 
And do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God is your source of strength and help? And when Samuel, let me say this: when Samuel make himself available, the word of God become abundant. Amen. And today, God is calling us not to be sitting down there passive, but to rise up, church, to rise up, and to be in position. To ready to hear from the Lord and to act on what God is going to tell you and show you, Amen. And then today we learn that God speak to those who do listen. Are you ready to listen from the Lord? Know this. Be confident to know that if you begin to listen and make yourself available to His calling at this moment. He will speak, and he will speak. Question is that will you respond? Let's bow our head in prayer. Hallelujah. God is calling us today. Let's lift our hands. You know, today, like every one of us, to respond to the Lord, to tell Him that you are available. By raising up your hands wherever you are, and tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be like Samuel. Possess the quality to listen from you. I want to be like him. I want to be available. This is you. You just lift up your hands wherever you are, and tell the Lord, Here I am. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to respond. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you desire to speak to us, Lord, every day, guiding us in spirit and in truth to obey your word and to enjoy an abundant life. Thank you that you may that we may come boldly to the throne of grace to find help whenever we have a need in our life. Lord, your words say that your sheep know your voice. We will not follow the voice of a stranger. So, Lord, help us to know your voice and not to be deceived by any other voice. Help us to guard our heart from the influence of this world. And the people around us, help us, Lord, not to be deceived by the devil in his lies, but to view all thoughts and decision through the lens of righteousness. As we seek to hear from you today for instruction, correction, and guidance, help us, Lord, to confirm your voice through your word. You say, if we ask for wisdom, Lord. You give it to us deliberately, as we are asking for wisdom in the name of Jesus, to hear you clearly and consistently today and every day. When we hear your call, we want to be ready to do your work, O Lord. Lord, forgive us for living in a self-centered mode. God, I pray that may you come and change each and every. Of our heart, so that 
we will offer all that we are, all that we have, and make ourselves available to you from this day on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.